Welcome to our show, Holding Ground. My name is Laura Richer. I'm a psychotherapist and the owner of Anchor Light Therapy Collective in Seattle, Washington. Each week, I'm joined by another therapist from the Anchor Light team to tackle important topics in mental health and psychotherapy. Our goal is to promote well being by normalizing mental health challenges. We are here holding ground for you every Tuesday morning at 9 30 a.m. on KKNW. Good morning, everyone. You are listening to Holding Ground, the show that brings you a little bit of everything in the realm of positive mental health each week. We are here Tuesday mornings at 9.30 a.m. on KKNW, or of course, you can find us anywhere that you can stream podcasts at any time. Uh, My name is Michelle Mooney. I'm a licensed psychotherapist at Anchor Life Therapy Collective um, in Seattle, Washington. And today I'm here with the owner of Anchor Life Therapy Collective, and the host of our show is always Laura Richard. Good morning, Michelle. So I'm really excited for this show because last week we identified 12 less obvious toxic behaviors that might be getting in the way of your happiness. And hopefully we gave everyone something new to think about when it comes to looking at toxic habits. But today we're going to help our listeners and tell them how they might be able to change these habits. Right. So Laura, just to recap real quickly, the 12 ones that we talked last week about, the less obvious ones are um, checking on friends um, on social media or otherwise, you know, ex-partners to hope that you're doing better than they are, answering non-emergency calls or emails outside of work office hours, uh, spending more money for the sake of convenience only, working while you eat, email or social media, the second or news for that matter too, the second you wake up in the morning, staying up late for no reason, thinking something bad will always happen, self-deprecating jokes, assuming you know other about other people's finances more than you actually do, making assumptions based on that, right? Drinking to fit in, purchasing things because they are cheap and just for the sake of them being cheap, and then wondering if everyone hates you. So those are the 12 we covered last time. So if you didn't catch that, tune back in, go back <laughs> one in the playlist and listen to that one. Cause I think it was a really helpful episode. Yes. And because it's cold and snowy out, we are taping from home today. So you're hearing my dog chime in at this moment. I apologize for that, <laughs> but we'll just keep right. We'll keep on going. So what are some of the things we can do to, what are the antidotes to these uh, toxic habits? First of all, I tell clients, and I practice this myself as well, because we all have these habits from time to time, is to make peace with them. You don't want to judge yourself. That's going to just keep them locked in place. I don't know if uh, you've ever heard the saying, what you resist persists. So if you're just beating up on yourself for certain habits or behaviors, you're probably going to reinforce them and continue doing them. And then you don't want to overwhelm yourself. Changing behavior takes time and So the first step is just to identify things from a non-judgmental perspective and maybe dig into why you're engaging in these behaviors in the first place. Yeah, exactly. Asking yourself why, right? So like you said, first notice what is going on. Second, why investigate that? Why is this going on, right? Why am I continually doing the same thing over and over again that I know ultimately isn't good for me? So, um, you know, 
reminding yourselves just because it's harder to get out of the habit maybe now um you're not you don't have to be stuck this way um you know you you have the power to get over these things and you know you'll become more and more confident and you know with whatever tools you need right so if that's reading books that are helpful talking to friends talking to you know laura myself if you know whatever that might be to help you break these habits or um you know give yourself the credit of I, I think I can do it. You know, I'm pretty sure I have the tools to do it. I just need to start doing it right versus I have to do this perfectly or I'm not going to do it at all. Right. Shedding that black and white thinking around these things. Exactly. Because that's overwhelming and that will just get you stuck. Mm -hmm. So what is the next helpful thing that um, we can do to break these habits, Laura? So like we said, you want to come to peace with what is happening, look at it from a non-judgmental perspective. And then the next step is to notice what triggers these unwanted behaviors. So, you know, you, you notice you're, you're drinking just to fit in. What is it about the experience that you're having that is triggering the desire to drink when you don't mm -hmm. want to? Do you mm -hmm. have social anxiety? Um, do you feel like you won't be accepted by your peers if you don't engage in the same behaviors as them? Um, and then you can start to ask the questions, around what all of this means and you know do you need to be accepted by these peers if it's at a, a cost to your own mm -hmm. goals or mental health um same with staying up late at night or or overworking and not having good boundaries you want to notice what triggers those types of behaviors maybe not having good boundaries is is fear around uh, acceptance as well or mm -hmm. um pleasing other people Mm -hmm. Staying up at night could just, you might start to notice that you don't have good patterns of self-care because you're overworked or you're doing too much. So all, it just, again, in a non-judgmental way, we want to just recognize what triggers these behaviors because that will also help you think about how you can change them. Right, exactly. Understanding the root cause. So there's noticing and there's the investigating. And then where did this come from to begin with, right? When did I start doing this? So trying to go back to that and like, okay, that's kind of where it started. And I want to kind of course correct now. So how do I get myself to do that? Because any, any sort of, again, there's motivation behind every behavior, but there's something that prompts that motivation that I, okay, I want to go this route with it. So like the drinking at a party thing, right? Well, I want people, like you're saying, I want people to like me, right? So, well, what is the trigger underneath that? Well, they probably don't, or I'm not likable the way that I am, right? Things like that. And then those are, that's the meat, right? Our triggers are what we really, and those negative thoughts attached to that are what is really helpful to work on versus, you know, um, going to therapy, for example, and saying, well, gosh, I want to feel less anxious, right? Or gosh, I want to feel less depressed, right? Well, okay, tell me more about that, right? Like, how do you know you'll feel those things less? So, um, you know, that's how we start to get to the root of these things and are able to address them more successfully. Yeah. And then, you know, and I think you mentioned this in our last show, like every behavior we have serves some sort of function. So even really toxic behaviors do offer us some sort of benefit or perceived benefit. Otherwise we wouldn't engage in them. Mm -hmm. So really understanding that, you know, what is triggering you, what, what, what you're gaining from this behavior, even if the cost is too high and you want to change it can help you start to change um, the way you're thinking about these things and find different solutions. Mm -hmm. Right. And the perceived benefit usually around a lot of these things we discussed on the last show is that 
instant gratification thing this it's going to help me feel better in the moment right it's going to distract from maybe feeling not great in the moment right but ultimately what's the long-term payoff of that again and if you're constantly just seeking reward and instant gratification where does that come from so yes so how can we practically now we've identified things we've noticed what triggers these responses the next thing to do is to come up with a plan. So you might want to think through future events. So maybe you've noticed the reasons why you engage in certain behaviors, what causes you to engage in those behaviors. Now you want to make a plan of action. Mm-hmm. So let's just continue with our drinking example. Say you don't want to drink at certain events. It just, you realize it's a behavior that's not serving you, mm-hmm. but you know, when you're around certain people that that might come up. What can we do to make to plan so that we don't fall back into patterns of behavior that we're trying to change? Yeah, well, you know, if people, if, if you know, using this example, right, if we're drinking too much or relying on drinking as a crutch too much, um, if people are making you feel that way, right, is it something that those people are actually doing? Are they not healthy people for you to be spending your time with? If you think, gosh, I need to hang out with my friends this Friday, and the only way to do that is to get blasted all the time, maybe not your greatest, you know, actual friends, right? There's some just more like party buddies, right? And do you asking yourself, are you at a stage in your life where that's bringing you any sort of uh, benefit or value. So, um, you know, so having a, you know, investigating that and then my plan is, okay, maybe I'm only going to hang out with Sally once a month now, instead of every single Friday and Saturday night, that might not be going very well for me. So um, that's one way that you could work with that piece. Yeah. Um, Yeah. There, and you know, another example um, in planning for how you might feel in the future is it's very easy in the age of social media to uh, cyber stalk your exes and ex friends and see what they're doing and compare yourself to them. And, and you know, that every time you do it, you're going to feel really bad. And maybe you're going to spiral a little bit afterwards. I definitely see this with people going through breakups. Mm -hmm. Um, so maybe making some, doing a plan around, you know, what are you going to do when you have that impulse to check social media and, and thinking through what the impact is going to be. So if I know every time I look at my ex and, and his fabulous new girlfriend, and I feel upset by that, what can I do when I have that impulse to go on social media? You know, maybe I put my phone away, maybe I call a friend, maybe I go for a walk, just Mm -hmm. think about ways that you can prevent engaging in the behaviors that you're, you're going to be drawn to, because like we said, there is something that's that's um, triggering you to respond in that way. Mm-hmm. So um, something that I, I like to talk to clients about is so like it's playing a tape or I guess, I don't know, an MP3 file. Or, <laughs> yeah. That even makes me sound You're old. Aging oh yourself with no! the <laughs> God. Um, but <laughs> playing some sort of uh, <laughs> sound, no. Um, all right, we're going with tape. Um, playing the tape through. So I'm going to put this tape in, right? I'm hoping for this thing. This is the thing I'm just doing right now in the moment, but now plus press play, right? And let that play all the way through. So we are starting with this behavior, but what does the end result of that look like, right? Are you going to feel good on the other side of that? How is that going to work out? So we can look at nights of drinking. We can look at, okay, if I go and stalk my ex-partner again, Am I going to feel good at the end of that? So before you start to maybe engage with one of these negative habits, ask yourself, okay, what is this going to look like if I actually do it? So that can be a helpful tool. Absolutely. (laughs) And then when you think about these things, I think it's important to make small changes. I mean, a lot of times, especially it's a new year, 
you know, people have probably made big resolutions that they're already not following through with. But when we put so much on our plate, like I'm going to, you know, only eat clean and work out two mm-hmm. hours a day and, you know, read 10 books a week and focus, save every <laughs> penny. It's too much. It's too mm-hmm. overwhelming. And then we end up sabotaging ourselves by not being mm-hmm. able to follow through with any of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is why gyms, for example, right. Uh, capitalize this time of year. Oh yeah. yeah. Sign up for this 12 month plan. It's so cheap. It's only gonna be 59 cents a month. And it's like, well, but if you stop going in February, right, you're wasting 59 cents a month, right? So they kind of bank on that. And the reason why we tend to quit so early on is, well, maybe we don't like it and we're not totally focusing on the mental health benefits of going to the gym every day at 4 a.m. But um, part of it is we set such high expectations for ourselves and then we don't meet those. And now I'm a failure. So I'm just going to give up altogether, right? Versus hey, you went Tuesday and Thursday, you might not have gone the rest of the week, but you did, you are making progress, you are making changes. So thinking in, you know, everything, if you're making an action towards something, that's progress. Even if you're just thinking about it, that's more progress than eh, I'm not paying attention to any of that, right? So these little steps, give yourself credit for. Small achievable goals. You know, and I've never known anyone who's joined the gym in January and then stays (laughs) a member for years and and uh, hasn't been able to go because they make the goals too big. Have you ever heard of that happening? Um, well, Laura, on social media, I have. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I feel so bad. Um, <laughs> but in reality, I, I, I mean, I have no, I, nothing off the top of my head. No. <laughs> Definitely not myself. <laughs> never has happened to me. I may never have been to the gym two years ago that I haven't been to. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> um. So next, so it's really interesting to notice what we're thinking because a lot of times we're, our behaviors are driven by our unconscious thoughts. So, mm-hmm. you know, we might be comparing ourselves to others or putting pressures on ourselves that we're not even realizing where that information is coming from. So I like the practice of journaling or writing down your thoughts about, you know, why do I want to change this behavior? What would be a benefit of doing this? What does it look like? Um, you know, what's influence, influencing me to act in this way? Am I responding to messages that society have, has given me that don't even really resonate with me? You know, and I think a lot around um, losing weight and body image is so tied into what society is telling us we should weigh or what we should be. And in reality, is that even really a goal of yours? Do you even really want that? So I think sometimes just writing down what you're thinking and analyzing where that's coming from can can give you a lot of information that will help you change behaviors. Right. Yeah. And that, that can kind of look like, um, you know, the CBT model, right? So I'm having this thought that leads, you know, to, um, you know, a a behavior, right? Emotions can kind of come out of that. So thought behavior. Um, And then what are we doing with that? So, um, you know, challenging yourself and and investigating those things and asking yourself is is very helpful. Um, So again, it's like really breaking down how to think about these things, how to behave differently, understanding where the roots of it coming from. So then then we have uh, data and meat that we can work with as opposed to, well, I just got to stop this thing and I didn't. So I suck. Right. Yeah. Yes. So what do we have next on our list here? prioritize your plan. So this is where I think a lot of people really fall short is they they tell themselves, I'm going to make all of these big changes or even small changes. Um, just going to power through, tap into my willpower and do it. 
but they don't really create space in their lives to, to follow mm-hmm. through. They don't have a plan in place. And again, then after a few days after you've made these resolutions, you're back to your own old behaviors, feeling completely defeated. Right. Exactly. So if we think about the plan, again, not going from one extreme to another of I'm never, never looking at email outside of work, right? I'm never doing that anymore. Um, you know, because we were talking in the prior show about people who do this too much, right? So if you go to the extreme opposite end, again, that's, that's too much pressure that we're putting on ourselves. So what is the plan? And the plan might look like, you know, in this example of, okay, you know what, if, if I'm kind of having a down chill moment, I see an email coming through my boss and I can say, you know what, it's fine. I can answer this right now, right? This isn't causing me any sort of distress in the moment. So kind of giving yourself um, not necessarily outs, but, you know, reasonable expectations with these things. So again, it's not just either pass fail, right? And there can be an in-between. So, you know, setting a good plan for yourself in that way can be very helpful. And of course, this uh, <laughs> you have to kind of make a plan to sit down and make a plan, right? And that's also where we can fall short um, as well. So giving yourself time to, okay, today, part of my self-care routine is to sit down and make a plan because some, the best forms of self-care we can do for sometimes, you know, a lot of the times is, um, okay, yeah, I, I'm going to have hot bubble baths and, you know, eat chocolates every Friday night or whatever self, the typical self-care looks like. So a self-care can definitely um, also look like, how am I going to care for myself in the future? So for the example we were using in the last episode about not getting enough sleep. Yeah, I don't really want to go to bed, but I want to care for Michelle tomorrow. I want Michelle, tomorrow Michelle to be happy. So I'm going to sleep tonight and I'm going to care for her tonight, um, if that makes sense. So that can also go into part of the planning piece. So noticing when you're going for the instant gratification mm-hmm. versus uh, what, what you're doing to go towards your long-term results. And sometimes instant mm-hmm. gratification is what we need, but maybe not all the time. So we want to think about, you know, what is the, like you said, what does future Michelle need? What is the outcome of mm-hmm. some of this behavior going to be? Yep. And I cannot emphasize enough, reasonable goals are so important. And I see this a lot of times with new clients who are engaging in therapy for the first time. And they're so excited. They're so ready to make changes and change their lives. And that, I love that attitude. And I, that's why I love being a therapist. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, sometimes the goals are so big, like mm-hmm. I'm going to have perfect boundaries with everybody and I'm going to heal my childhood trauma. And I'm going to, you know, change my life in big monumentous ways. And I need it to all happen in the next two to three months. So let's, <laughs> yeah. get, it, let's get going here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's a good point. Uh, you know, some folks will come into therapy and they expect immediate results, right. And progress takes time, right. If, if, um, you know, therapy was a one or, you know, one or two session, uh, you know, in and out the door kind of thing, a, you know, uh, you just, therapy is really good self-care and yes, we don't necessarily want everyone to be in therapy for, you know, the rest of our lives. That's not necessarily what we're saying, unless if that is something you want to do, that's great as part of your self-care, but it's a process, you know, you're learning things about yourself, you know, new, like this list, for example, right? Where, where are these behaviors coming from? So it's not, I'm going to make an appointment with Laura. I'm going to go in for two weeks, right? I'm going to tell her the first week, here's all the things I want to fix. And then the next week you're going to do that for me, right? That it's not just, I don't want to do these things anymore fix me right we're you know there's no magic wands in life or therapy or otherwise so reasonable goals and I think when you have that perspective that healing is a process behavior Mm -hmm. change is a process that 
you just kind of create some space and have some compassion for yourself. You're actually, sometimes in slowing down, we go faster. Um, Mm -hmm. We're less likely to sabotage ourselves. So yeah, yeah, right. The next thing that you want to remember as we're working on changing behaviors, because remember, instant gratification feels good. That's when we're drawn to it. So we need to remember the rewards of not going for the instant gratification, for doing the thing that future Laura or future Michelle is going to really reap the benefits of. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And trying to, so sometimes uh, imagery with these things can be helpful. Um, And I don't necessarily mean imagery of like sitting on a peaceful beach. I mean, visualizing yourself doing these things better and uh, reaping the rewards of these change behaviors can be really helpful because you're kind of you're planting that in your brain now and your brain is seeing like ooh that that might feel good too right maybe let's let's investigate that more let's try to do that so actually visualizing yourself um, feeling accomplished and feeling proud of yourself and you know reaping the rewards of these change behaviors can be really helpful Yeah. And being connected to why you want something and really, you know, and I think visualization or hypnotherapy can be a really great avenue for being able to explore uh, some of these things is you want to know why you want to create a certain outcome. If you're not really connected to it, you're not going to do it. So if you have the goal in mind, you know, I need to make a million dollars, but you don't have any really real connection (laughs) to what your life would be like if you had a million dollars, you're not going to do the things that are going to put you on that trajectory. You know, same with, you know, having certain types of relationships or, or doing certain diets or, or exercise programs, you really need some sort of connection to the outcome in order to, to make it happen. So have you ever had a goal, Michelle, where you weren't really connected to it? And so you didn't follow through in the end. Oh, I'm on the spot. Um, (laughs) um, you think I have one, a million, you know, health and fitness regimens I have really okay, wanted fair. to Okay, fair. Yes, that's in. a good one. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> I might do it for a little while, but if I don't, you know, I haven't really felt, you know, overly connected to building big muscles. And so, you know, I might lift weights <laughs> for a little while, but I don't have a good connection to what it would be like to like, you know, have a lean body and have all this strength you know, that just isn't, it looks nice. There's people who look great who are in shape, but like for me personally, I have not yet totally connected to what I need to really dedicate myself to that, that kind of regimen. On the other hand, there are goals that I've achieved starting this business, growing this business. I was very connected to what mm-hmm. I wanted to do and I had a vision and, and mm-hmm. because of that, it's easy to do the work to keep going. Yeah, vision and purpose um, are really helpful in these things, right? So starting, you know, your, your own therapy practice, this, that was a passion project for mm-hmm. you, right? So that that was a good goal to have. There was a good reward out of it versus of like, well, it looks nice in the movies, right? Yeah. It, you know, all that mansion and, you know, you know, all these great things. And it's like, but do you want that or is somebody else telling you want that, right? So asking yourself, is it mom and dad telling me that I have to go to Harvard? Um, is it you know society telling me certain things you know whatever it is and it's like checking in like is this actually what I want to do right before you get on a roll down the road or something um you know so that's that's very important yeah and I think I mean maybe you can speak on this graduate school is a great example and I know that you were really excited and passionate about becoming a therapist and so graduate school is really hard and there's a lot of t- and you're working for free and there's all these things mm-hmm. that are unappealing about it Mm -hmm. But if you're connected to the end goal, 
you're going to follow through because you know what's on the other side of it. Did you ever have that feeling in graduate school? Like this is not what I want to be doing, but <laughs> there's something for me on the other side. <laughs> there's something for, yeah. And, and yeah. And to yeah clarify that point, what you mean is like, I don't want to be doing grad school. Not that I don't necessarily want to be doing this work. Of course we can always second guess like, wait, did I make some sort of mistake? Right. But right. Uh, no, yeah, the grunt work sometimes, right? But if I'm doing grad school to make somebody else happy, I mean, there's there's no positive in that. I hate grad school. I hate the job it gave me, right? It's just making somebody else happy versus, yeah, when you and I decided to go to grad school at one point in our lives, right? We were doing it because of purpose. Purpose was driving us. You know, I, I had a client years ago who went to a nursing school and went into a lot of debt to be in nursing school because her family really pushed that this was like, you know, a stable, positive career path to go down. Mm-hmm. And ultimately she was never able to finish it because she was not connected to it. I mean, there was nothing mm-hmm. about this person's personality that said nursing or caregiving. So in the end, it, it, she wasn't able to follow through because it wasn't her goal. And I think that's the most mm-hmm. important lesson here is when we're wanting to change behavior, there has to be something authentic within you that wants to make that change. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so the last one we have for today, and this is the one we'll always suggest is in whatever capacity this looks like for you, ask for help if you need it. Right. So if that is reading, um, you know, more Benny Brown books, if that means going to our website and reading blogs, if that means, you know, talking to a friend, uh, whatever it is, ask for help, ask yourself. So sometimes we don't think about this, ask yourself for help that you might need in the moment. And that, that can look like, for example, of, wow, I'm really distressed about this thing right now. Okay. So what is the distress telling you you need? Well, I need to slow down or I need some comfort right now. How can you address those needs for yourself in the interim before maybe you can ask other people for things, but also learning how to fulfill your own need for help in the moment um, instead of always outsourcing that. But of course, um, you know, seeking outside help is always important too. So if you're not doing great with something, if you're not doing great with achieving one of these goals and maybe, um, so like, let's say the, um, you know, eating while we're working or, you know, working while we're eating, right. Maybe asking somebody else to hold us accountable in the beginning, right. Or, Hey, I noticed that, you know, I know you really want to work on this and it seems like maybe, you know, you're still doing this behavior a little bit too much. You're, you're still not spending as much time with the family, right? Someone else to hold us accountable, not in a shameful way. Something like that can be helpful um, in terms of asking our loved ones for help, right? They might not have all the answers for us, but they can help us point out things that maybe we're not seeing for ourselves. Yes, which of course is one of the benefits of going to therapy. I personally have made many behavior changes in my life with the help of a coach or a therapist. And one of the benefits of that, you know, and that's not always possible for people, but when it is, is that somebody can offer you a perspective that you don't have when you're Mm -hmm. stuck in all your own stuff and feelings, it's hard to see the whole picture. And so sometimes somebody, and it it doesn't have to be a therapist or or a coach, it could be a friend or a family member, but sometimes people can offer you a perspective that you don't have access to on your own. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, getting outside of your own stuff. So, um, you know, we tend to um, really just, and this is human nature, right? Because biologically we are programmed to only think about ourselves from a survival standpoint, right? If I, you know, I need to forage for my food and hunt for my food and run away from scary bears for myself, right? To survive. So that's where that, you know, function first started for ourselves. Um, But um, so, 
we can, you know, we still continue that in a lot of ways by only looking at maybe what might be affecting us, only really getting consumed in our own thoughts and our own problems, right? Versus zooming out, there's other perspectives, there's other realities going on at the same time existing around our own. So yeah, talking to somebody else can give us that perspective. Well, Michelle, we are out of time for today. I hope everyone took a little something away that will be helpful for them in the new year to change some of their habits and get on track for creating what they really want in 2022. Yeah, happy happy new year. Happy 2022 for everyone. Hopefully you were able to bring it in with peace and joy and people that you, you know, love to be around. Or if you hate that, you know, I hope you enjoyed your time alone, whatever that may have looked like for you as you signal in the new year, whatever that process looks like. I hope it was meaningful to everyone. And, you know, of course, to you, Laura, as well. Thank you, Michelle. Well, you can find us here every Tuesday at 930 a.m. where we bring you a little bit of everything in the realm of psychotherapy and positive mental health. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in to Holding Ground. You can hear us here every Tuesday morning at 9.30 a.m. on KKNW. I'm Laura Richard, Anchor Light Therapy Collective. Find us online at anchorlighttherapy.com. And we'll see you next week.